Welcome back to the Move the Bible podcast. I'm your host, Brennan, and I'm here with Nick today. Nick, how's it going? Brennan, keep your fucking name out of... Wait, I messed it up. Damn it, I messed it up. No. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> I messed it up. Uh, I'm so mad. Anyway, hi. We're keeping that in, though. I think that was the perfect way to start what is a post-Oscar uh, podcast here at the Movie Bible Podcast. I'm so disappointed in myself. I had <laughs> It was right there. <laughs> it was right there. I was at the one-yard line, and I just fumbled it immediately. It was, you, can't, you can't do it like Will. You can't do what a way! Well. What a way to start. Anyway, hello. Good to see you. Hello. Um, good to see you <laughs> as well. Now, in case you guys didn't know, we're going to be talking Oscars here um, in this kind of midweek special podcast following those 94th Academy Awards. Um, I think we'd be wrong not to start with the big uh, controversy of the night, which was the slap and the discourse that I think is a little nauseating surrounding it, but... Um, I think we, we, we got to start with that. You have to get the, you have to get the big thing out of the way. So, um, this year with the Oscars, I did something a little different and I watched it actually at a independent movie theater downtown, really good experience. Um, won a bunch of Blu-rays and 4Ks through trivia during the commercial break. So that was fun. Um, it was a good experience though. There were maybe a hundred people, you know, you know, they're all big movie people, uh, big, big nerds for sure. (laughs) And, uh, a lot of people were dressed up too. Like I, I just kind of went, kind of looking nice. But some people had like dresses and suits on. Like they were no, like they no were tux there. for you at all. No, nothing. <laughs> no, I had I had a button up, but it was, it was it was not that. No, I wasn't winning best dressed or anything. But no, it was a it was a different experience from usual from sitting on my couch and watching it. And it was much better, honestly. People were, you know, once you get the drinks flowing and uh, people are kind of laughing at what's going on. People are reacting in ways that, you know, you just don't see uh, at home. So I would definitely do that again and recommend, if you can, watching it at a theater. It was just kind of fun. Um, But that moment, that Will Smith slap of Chris Rock in the theater was interesting because obviously we had the Canadian broadcast, which is very similar to the American one where, you know, the um, it starts bleeping things out. It starts muting uh, the broadcast, right? And no one really knew what to make of that initially and it was just funny looking around and seeing pretty much everyone in the theater whipping out their phones and checking twitter like instantly to see if that was the exact same thing (laughs) yeah like i'm like yeah that's that's probably what everyone's doing that's what i'm doing too so just instantly once that happened and everyone it, it definitely changed the mood of the night but yeah that was that was something um what what was your reaction to that? What was what was what, what was up there? That's that's your boy, uh, your Philly boy, Will Smith. Yeah, my my boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think like a lot of other people, I've, I initially thought it was a bit because he kind of I don't know, like sauntered up on stage a little bit, it looked like he was kind of preparing for something, and then the way that the slap was sold, it kind of looked like a movie slap where it was like just Chris Rock fall to the side really quick. And I thought, Oh, okay, this is a bit. Um, and then, yeah, the muting and the pausing of the broadcast, like started going. Then you kind of see Will Smith mouth something and you, you hear, you, you see an F bomb in there, but you don't hear it. And they're like, Oh, something really happened here. Something's weird. Um, and then, yeah, constantly checking Twitter. And eventually I think the, the Australian broadcast was the one that made the rounds that everyone saw. And then you see that Will was really pissed. And you're like, oh, this is something else 
entirely. And then um, my mind immediately turned to, wait, this guy's probably going to win an Oscar. Are they, are they going to let him? Are they going to let him do that? Do they have to make him leave? It was just, it was so bizarre. Honestly, it was the most fascinating thing of the night by far. I mean, maybe of any Oscars because it's. <laughs> I was pretty bored <laughs> up until up until then. Not to say that someone getting slapped is just for my own entertainment, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I couldn't really could not believe it. It was <laughs> it's really crazy. Yeah. So honestly, I I kind of knew right away that it was pretty legit just because of. Obviously, it was muted, but his his face during when he was yelling, you know, you could see that and you're like, this is definitely legit. Like, just the way he's yelling, that's not, that doesn't look playful or anything. Um, yeah, that was something else. I think, touching on the board part of it, yeah, the definitely I'm glad I was with a crowd that was everyone had a ballot in their hands seeing if they were going to win the prize at the end of the night that kind of helped help the night go by a little bit better um, I had a fun time though watching it uh for sure but we'll get into more of the actual award ceremony soon but yeah it was, it was it was certainly interesting now the discourse that surrounded it has been a bit to me egregious I think two of my classes this week have opened with it discussing it trying to fit it into our course themes and <laughs> like it's it's definitely been everywhere, probably hundreds of millions of posts related to it on across Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, wherever. Um, national news moments after uh, moments after it happens. I think it's worth worth mentioning and obviously it's, it's such a crazy moment. It's something that I think is probably going to be one of the most remembered moments of both of their careers and of just the Academy Awards period. Um, but at the same time, like Chris Rock, he's 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 not pressing charges. Um, Will Smith's apologized, and I think I'm I'm sure that he'll be more remorseful going forward as well. And uh, yeah, the situation just kind of ended as it did, and I think it's 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 definitely tiring seeing people. I mean, we're talking about it, so we're we're contributing, but people carry on with it, you know, <laughs> to such a deep extent many days later. Yeah, it's. As soon as I found out it was real, I was of two minds about it where I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. I thought it was a little funny. <laughs> I oh, laughed. Right. It yeah. was really funny. And then the memes, I mean, at this point are already too much, but people were going immediately. And there's the perfect angle of the slap. And it's just, it looks exactly like the Batman slapping Robin yeah. meme. And just people were using that. It was, it was great, great stuff for 24 hours there. Um, but then, yeah, at the same time, yeah, like it's, Technically, Chris Rock could have pressed charges, and that could have been a whole thing. So you know, it's mm -hmm. you don't you don't just hit people. <laughs> that's not a, that's not a thing that we that people do. Um, so it's yeah, you kind of feel appalled a little bit there. But yeah, like the whole thing about the rights of comedians and all this. Like I don't know. Like Will Smith just probably got mad. He's been going through a weird, very emotional and open period where he had his memoir come out that was like pretty revealing about his like sex life and his life in general and then there's been i mean the another meme of him is him just looking dead inside when he's on red table talk while him and jada are talking about kind of like the affair that went on um between jada and another person so it's kind of like he's been very out in the open he's probably working through a lot of stuff um it certainly bet the heat of the moment got the best of him. <laughs> i think that's pretty fair to say um but yeah, it's just, it is just kind of one of those things where you're like, what, did, 
what did I, what did I just watch? Like what, holy shit. Like you will, we will all kind of remember where we were when we watched that. It was just, it truly is one of the more crazy live TV things you can probably ever see. For sure. For sure. Um, man, just two dudes going, just, just two dudes. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta say, Chris Rock took it like a champ. He really... oh, he did. He he rolled with it, and that was that was good. I think it could have been. Imagine if he, you know, threw threw back at him or like something like that, or it it escalated. Like it definitely could have been much worse than it was. Um, it could have been an absolute mess on the stage of the Academy Awards, but. Yeah, I think it kind of went the best it could have, <laughs> given the circumstances. Yeah, really. <laughs> and yeah, he's got pressing charges. And I was amazed that like um, the, one of the reasons I thought it was a bit because it was because he played off the holy shit, Bull Smith smacked the shit out of me. Like he played yeah. it off really well, and then he said yeah. that was just one of the most amazing TV moments ever. I think like, he was, was just... like reacting to it in real time too. It was really good. I mean, really good comedian stuff by him, but it was just. No, <laughs> exactly. I think that's just the way the way he is. Right? He just rolled with it and fit it into fit it into him. His his rea- Like I don't know. It was it was impressive. Honestly, um, I guess we can talk about the joke a little bit out of line for sure. Especially, I guess with the way she's she's discussed um, the issue of alopecia in the past. But ultimately, it just I think for me it chalks down to crazy TV moment everyone's kind of apologizing let's let's hope it doesn't go any further and i'm, I'm down I'm, I'm good with it it was it was kind of entertaining to be honest <laughs> yeah the first of all gi jane reference very very obscure who's oh very that? obscure that's who's the ridley that scott, ridley scott flop out. from the 1990s it's not like yeah. a well-known property <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of one like in theory it's one of those jokes where it's pretty basic it's like hey you look like that thing from a movie i saw that one time that's the joke you know Mm. um which yeah it's i mean she's dealing with alopecia that's not cool but it seems like he didn't know that either so it's kind of like it's i don't know like it's definitely still not great of him but he wasn't being actively rude in that moment and i'm sure they're they'll talk privately from there and figure it out but yeah it's just very bizarre, and I feel bad for Questlove because that was his award for best documentary. And then, because um, the one part Chris Rock did flub was kind of just like introducing the category. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they were gonna give away the best documentary instead of the award for best documentary or whatever he said. And then yeah, he definitely Questlove, was flustered though. He was definitely yeah. you could you could tell he was like trying to c- get his composure back and get back into the groove when he was announcing Questlove and. Uh, that documentary, which I haven't seen yet, which I will see very soon. It's really good, really good. Yeah, yeah. So, and he he had, he gave a really good speech afterwards as well. Um, but yeah, I think are, are are we good with that? Are we good with the with the swap? I, I got one I'm, more thought. One more. Yeah, thought. for sure. It seems like Denzel is just kind of the man to everybody. Yeah. Right, because he was the guy who pulled Will Smith to the side, and Bradley Cooper was in there too. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, but he was the guy, and then there was the part of the speech where Will Smith was like. That their highest moments, the devil comes for you, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, which his speech was weird because he tried to co-opt the moment as like a protecting everybody, and then that's the other thing where it turned into a whole thing where toxic masculinity and women not having agency, and that was a whole other conversation in here. That's not ideal either. Um, but yeah, it seems like everyone kind of defers to Denzel Washington because he was kind of 
he was kind of dealing with people when the whole La La Land Moonlight thing happened. He was directing people then too. It seems right. like he's just kind of the guy. Everyone bows down to him and listens yeah. to him. So I mean, how can I, you not? Yeah, it's it seems like no matter what happens, Denzel always wins. Is my point. Even if he doesn't win a BAFTA or an Oscar, he still wins. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. He's so shout out to Denzel, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a good good shout out there. Um, Talking about the show just in and of itself, this year was big because obviously we had the return of the hosts. I think it's been about three, the past three Oscars were hostless. Um, and yeah, we had, we had three hosts come back or, or come onto this show. And I'm happy to have hosts back for sure. I think hosts are good. I think they're, they're healthy for an award show period. They help move things along quite well. Um, I definitely do want to see hosts continue next year. I do want to see um, someone come in and, and host next year and th- that continue. But yeah, I, I don't know if it was the the smoothest of nights in general. Just even aside from from the controversy there with Will Smith and Chris Rock, I don't I don't know if it was you know the best hosting job we could have seen uh, done. But I, I I didn't mind it. I think it it worked for for the evening. Um, I have a few. I definitely have a few gripes, but I'll let you take it away for a little bit with with the hosts and just kind of the return of that to the Academy Awards. Yeah, it's. I feel like no one ever at like on Monday after the Oscars is saying, "Hey, that host killed it. They did amazing. They were just the best part of the show." Like, it's kind of a thankless role, which is why they've struggled so much to get them. You know, um, but it is nice just to have a familiar face just kind of pop up throughout the broadcast and just kind of move things along. Um, like it was really hard to kind of move on from the Will Smith thing, but I thought Amy Schumer's bit about like, Hey, what did I miss? Like, it's kind of like not the most inventive thing in the world, but it's fun because you know, she's coming back and you saw her earlier and it kind of, it kind of broke the ice slightly. So I thought she was pretty funny. I'm run hot, pretty hot and cold on her, but I thought she was probably my favorite of the three. Um, I guess it's just there's probably just no need for three hosts, but I mean, maybe the max two, because um, it feels like Wanda Sykes kind of just left for a while, right? And then um, I thought they all did. I think they all had their moment where they yeah. were just kind of gone for an hour. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like you maybe want to tie that down, but it's just nice to kind of have people just keep it moving, even though they didn't. The show didn't keep it moving because it was really long. But you get the. It idea. was longer than the last. <laughs> five Oscars or something yeah. like that. So much for cutting all those all those awards and spicing them in, which was just so stupid. I hope they never do that again. Completely jarring to watch Th- that aspect of the award show. I think, as you mentioned, just yeah, spicing those winners in those eight categories so jarring. Like whenever it came up on screen, it was really awkward. Um, it was not. It was not good. I, I definitely yeah. would not would not bring that back at all. Um, yeah, and who also was like, I don't understand the point of it in the first place because the whole goal was to make under three hours right, which would, did not happen. But <laughs> it was like three hours and forty minutes or something like that. But who, like, who out there is saying, "Oh, the Oscars is going to be under three hours, and now I'm going to watch"? Like, what's the, when is that the, the deciding factor? That doesn't. It, it just made no sense to me. Anyway, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. Especially, yeah, a hundred percent. I know the hosts also caught a lot of flack just because I feel like too often we've had hosts kind of shitting on the movies that are actually being awarded, um, which I think is all fun and games at times. I think 
one of the first jokes tonight was the power of the dog joke about um i think wanda sykes delivered this one of she's halfway through it she watched it three times and she's halfway through it or something like that i, I don't know and, and and there's more than just that i think also you had amy schumer kind of equate animated uh films to just being for children only which got a lot of backlash from um animators and, and people in the industry i think no matter what hosts are definitely going to get backlash the next day or, or throughout the broadcast but I would like in the future and in the next couple of years, because this is something I found last year's Oscars, despite it being a little bit of a downer, um, being so so good was that they really, it really did feel like um, there was a lot of passion for, for cinema and for film last year. I don't know if you agree, but especially with the stories, I'm glad they got rid of the stories about, you know, all the nominees and brought back the clips. But I don't know, last year's Oscars felt very much... Um, very much like it was about you know film itself and and this year i think was a return to not that and a return to kind of your more cheap comedy in my opinion yeah i'm still of the mind of last year's ceremony everyone would have would think a lot better of it if they just didn't mess up the chadwick thing at the end if that was just kind of best picture they did that last and then everyone talks about hey that fun opening tracking shot uh, at the beginning and Soderbergh tra- tracking shot with the jazz music was really great and then you kind of just talk like that and so yeah I I don't I'm not like the biggest like I don't know detractor of comedians making fun of these movies I, like, I think it's fine I I do get it though because you know it's you kind of want this night to be kind of it's a it's like almost an impossible task if you want to have it be fun TV and not just people giving speeches but you also want to have reverence for the stuff so like i thought some of it was pretty funny where she was where amy schumer was making fun of aaron sorkin for making an incredibly unfunny movie about lucille ball which is funny because like no one really likes being the ricardos except the old people in the academy so that was pretty funny um and the part about uh Adam, the reviews for uh, Don't Look Up being really bad and Adam McKay laughing at it, which I thought was nice. I mean, you can say what you want about Adam McKay, but at least he was a nice sport about it in that moment. Um, so I think, like, I don't know. It's it's kind of impossible because you don't want people to take the Oscars too seriously, but you also kind of wanted them to take it serious. So I, it's kind of like you damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, you know? I think it's, it's not easy. No, I, Yeah, I just think it's really tough. I just think it's so hard... I think if you were gonna do it, you just have to like announce hosts for the Oscars like many months ahead of time, so you can kind of plan stuff and kind of work things out. Because these people don't have a lot of time, and they're doing all, all these other projects, and they have their own movies that they're making. So I think you just gotta like have foresight and just announce like, "Hey, The Rock is gonna host the next year's Oscars like a couple months from now." And just hundred percent. I've thought about this many times. I think. Far too often you have a host get announced three to four, maybe five weeks out, and all you have is this crazy amount of controversy about them um, and just about people who are angry about you know them being the host or people who are happy, sure, but just discourse surrounding it. I think if you announce it five, six months out, you avoid that completely. People will talk about it, but they'll forget about it in a few weeks, and then months later they're still the host. Um like, it, I know with, with Kevin Hart, when he got announced, I think if they did that um, six months prior to the show instead of, you know, a month or two, 
he probably still would have been the host. I think he probably could have skated by through, you know, yeah, the controversy that came at him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they announce it so soon to the show. I don't know why that that's a thing. I think they should space it out, like, definitely much more. Um, it'd be much better for the show, much better just for yeah. discourse online, period. Like, what else is the Academy doing all year? <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. I guess just yeah. taking tickets for their new museum, which they did the shameless plug for. Yeah, <laughs> broadcast right. It's like why don't I don't understand like why you can't like six months ahead of time do your host and then you can start talking to production people about how you want the thing to look because there was also moments where the trophy just wasn't in screen. You know, there was just there just wasn't proper blocking of the shots. So you think if you have more time, you can kind of figure that stuff out and make the night of cinema more cinematic. I don't know. It just seems like that's one area where Soderbergh did a good job last year. I think it was oh, a yeah. very very good looking show. Um, very certainly very cinematic and and yeah, it last year's show definitely had that over this one. Also with this this year's show, um, before we get into, I guess film, the actual the the actual movies that won, um, let's get into kind of some of the talk or some of the some of the kind of reactions about the changes they made. Obviously, we, we talked about the cut categories, but. How about the fan votes? How about that? Because being in being in a packed theater of cinephiles, people burst out laughing whenever they uh, showed those montages of the uh, cheer moment and the best movies of the year. Um, that was something else. I hope they never bring that stuff back because it was it was ridiculous and it was hilarious at the same time. A lot of people even just kind of beg on the Zack Snyder stuff winning, but even for me, seeing... Uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home three Spider-Man moment, uh, being number two on the on the best moments, I'm like, that is hilarious. They, they, oh my god, I, so much to get into with this. But what, what's your what's your take on those? Were you as uh, amused as I? Listen, don't don't besmirch the cinematic brilliant brilliance of Minamata. Okay, like what are like don't don't do that. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. It's just. The, the fucking speed force or whatever the hell it is. I don't even remember what it's called. I just don't care. <laughs> but I like, it's just another thing of bad planning. Like, of course, if you're going to bring this stuff on Twitter, of course there's going to be trolls and weird fringe group fan groups that kind of just fuck it up. And then you have Cinderella winning or being in there or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's just like, of course this was going to happen. Like, why, why would you think it would go any other way? So it's just, uh, just, so hard i laughed so hard i thought it was hilarious <laughs> yeah honestly Just, like, oh my god i loved it like clearly we were having kind of a different night because you said you were you're pretty bored but i was like i was very entertained certainly with the environment that i was in and just um so, so that kind of made it good for me in a way and seeing that moment was in the moment i was really enjoying seeing it it was very funny but afterwards you just think about it and you're like it's so soulless almost to, to do those categories and to and the way it played out even was just so goddamn funny because no one, the hosts didn't even talk about the moments. I don't know if, like, no one talked about those moments. No one introduced those, really. It just kind of cut, and then the screen came down, and then they started playing them, and then, then it cut back up, and then it came back to the show. It was like it never happened. It was like, let's just pretend this is not happening right now, and let's just, we'll play it for a couple of seconds, and we're going to go back to the show. So funny. Oh, my God. So funny, honestly. Yeah, why wasn't Army of the Dead nominated for Best Picture? Just, that's what I want to know. 
That winning was so good. Uh, the I clip, laughed. The oh clip, my god! Everything was so good about that. Um, most impressive thing to land on, uh, either the cheer moment or the top five for me, was probably the Dream Girl scene. Like that's impressive. I did. That, that, yeah, but I feel I, I do feel like there's probably a lot of Matrix heads still on Twitter. I don't see many people talk about Dream Girls all the time. Yeah, it's true. That's a that's an impressive push. Um, another, you know, kind of weird thing they did this year, and I think this is kind of one of the one of the kind of things you talk about when you talk about the show, because obviously you have, I believe, is it NBC Disney's Disney's kind of broadcasting uh company there that that, abc 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 yeah yeah um it's very american to me i don't know Uh, abc (laughs) yes uh obviously we don't talk about bruno was was performed at the at the ceremony um what what do you think about that i think for me it's it's dumb I i don't see the point in it i think of course you're trying to capitalize on on a very popular song in the moment but the performance was cool um, but at the same time, I just don't think it really mattered in the grand scheme of things. And when you have a show that they wanted to be done at three hours and it goes three forty, uh, and you ha- and and you continue if they don't talk about Bruno, I don't know. It's for me, it's it wasn't the right addition to the show. They mean well with with a lot of what they do, but um, a lot of it I think is the parent company there. And kind of oh yeah, it's absolutely Disney just kind of throwing that in there because. Also, why wasn't it why wasn't it the song from Encanto nominated? That just seems kind of weird that it wasn't the song that was picked. Uh, the other song's fine, but I don't know. I feel like we don't talk about Bruno as like a big deal. So yeah, yeah, really that was something earlier in the season. I think that was kind yeah. of an error on Disney's part. It's just kind of I don't know. Like the the best song category is, in my opinion, the least important. Like I think all I care more about the shorts and everything else because. All the songs are just things that Beyonce like recorded in her free time for the for the like ending credits. You know, it's just like they don't matter. They don't they don't belong in like this the movies themselves. I guess except for whenever a James Bond movie comes out, but even that's just for credits too. You know, it's just like they spend so much time on them, and then I just don't think anyone cares. Like, does anyone care about? I guess it was cool to see Billie Eilish win an Oscar, but you can still have that speech moment without playing yeah. all the songs. I, I liked uh, I liked the opening with um, the Be Live song from King Richard. I think it was a cool performance with you know the tennis ball style outfits and performing from Compton. I thought that was cool. Um, I think you have a good argument there. Of just does it matter? Um, I don't mind every year doing the performances for best song, uh, but. I don't know about adding a song that's not even nominated to this performance. Yeah, right? really. And at the same time, there's a lot more as well that Disney, I think, shoehorned in there, like um, the three the three princesses coming out and giving out an award. Um, oh, yeah. Not to mention every commercial being for, like, Moon Knight or some new Hulu <laughs> show, you know? It's just and, like... <laughs> and the Walt sneak peek at the new Lightyear trailer from Chris Evans. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess Disney has their their properties at best interest here, but I don't get why Amazon doesn't spend a shit ton of money to broadcast or like to show like first images from one of their upcoming properties or Netflix or something. Like, I feel like this should kind of be like the Super Bowl of movies. So why not all the commercials be different movies that are coming out and get excited about movies that are coming out this year? I don't know. It just, 
No, I agree with you 100%. I think that yeah. things could be done much better with this, and there's so many mixed up or missed opportunities all the time with with the with the Oscars and the commercial slate and and the advertising slate. There could be so much more. There could be a showcase of the year to come. There could be so much more done, and at the end of the day, they just don't do that. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, I feel like yeah. I. I never expect the world out of an award show because it's an award show, but I feel like I get frustrated because I see areas where they could just improve so easily. It just, it, it feel like a lot of this stuff feels like common sense. It's like, why don't you just do that? I don't know. Like, why don't you just do like a cool medley of all the songs, like to open the show or something. And yeah. then it's like your big open and then it's like, all right, go to the Oscars and all, all the songs are out of the way. I don't know. It just, you think someone would have came up with this idea by now. But, no, I, I agree. Um, Maybe and the also, Academy should hire me. Why not? <laughs> I'll take the check. Also, another Disney film. I mean, I think Encanto was inevitable in winning animated feature. It, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anything could stop that. It's just it was such a wave from the moment it hit. It hit Disney Plus after its theatrical run. There, um, we don't talk about Bruno. Everything it was just unbeatable. But Disney has won way too many animated uh, best animated feature awards and. It's starting to get ridiculous, I think, especially because of the parent company and because of how shameless they are at um, promoting, you know, these things throughout their campaign lead up for the Oscar night, right? ABC, you said it was? Yeah, ABC. um, There were so many commercials that just kind of included, like in the weeks leading up to the Oscars, that just included, you know, Encanto stuff and and saying we're going to have this song there. And I don't know, the free advertising for for one of the nominees to me, there's definitely ethical um, ethical boundaries there being crossed, uh, especially just the animated feature categories is certainly just kind of Disney's exploitation of of, of everything. It's it's kind of getting getting painful to watch every year. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand Encanto winning because out of all the nominees, it was the biggest like deal. I guess maybe just on the back of we don't talk about Bruno, but either way. It's a fine movie. I don't know. I wasn't crazy about it, but I also don't dislike it. But yeah, like I, like I thought Flea was just great work. Like I, I thought that was a great movie. Mitchell's versus the Machine was one of my favorite movies of last year. I guess Luca, Pixar, but I don't know. It's just a lot of it's got to do with the release date as well. Just that yeah, Encanto was the just, last one to 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 yeah. to, to land, and it it kind of had its wave after everything else. Like maybe if you had. Like, if you had this movie come out in July and Luca came out in December, could be a different story. If you had Mitchell's come out um, for Thanksgiving or for Christmas week, could be a different story. Um, release date is important, but Encanto kind of just got lucky there. It certainly certainly was inevitable, but it's it's interesting. I hope next year there's a little bit of variety. And I know we have Guillermo del Toro working on his uh, stop-motion Pinocchio for Netflix. Hopefully that'll, uh, hopefully that'll stand a chance against whatever Disney spits out this year. Yeah, we got the Richard Linklater animated movie that's coming out on Netflix, so maybe that becomes a thing. I still haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, moving from I guess Encanto and just kind of some of the show in general. I think we got to discuss Coda. We got to discuss uh, the Best Picture winner. I think this is one of the only Oscars where people aren't really talking about the winner <laughs> in the days following <laughs> it. Like I, like it's it's all been the slap so let's talk about coda and let's talk about that that victory because it was a statistic and um pundit defying best picture run this is not the type of 
traditional Best Picture win we've seen in history with three nominations and going on to win Best Picture is something that hasn't happened, you know, since 1932 with the Grand Hotel. Um, it's the first movie to, you know, skip the fall festival since Marty's The Departed back in 2006 to pull out Best Picture. And there's the first uh, Sundance movie also, Sundance premiere to win um, Best Picture, which is pretty wild. It kind of adds a lot more stock into that festival, in my opinion. And also it's the first streamer to win. First streaming movie to win Best Picture. Um, and to think it, it, it wasn't Netflix, it's kind of funny. Like Netflix every year, you can tell they, they spend a boatload in promoting their Oscar movies. They get a bajillion nominations and they always go home pretty empty-handed. Um, they need a crowd-pleaser. They need a crowd-pleasing movie that is rewatchable. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love The Power of the Dog, I love Roma, I love The Irishman, but I think the complaints that a lot of people give those movies is that maybe they aren't as rewatchable to the everyday person as something like Coda or, or you know, something like that. I think Netflix needs a crowd-pleaser, but yeah, Coda Triumph. What's your what's your take there on the first streaming uh, first streaming Best Picture win? Yep, those those pesky kids over at Apple th- did it. They they overcame all the obstacles. And did it. I'm so happy for those little kids. I hope they come out. They amount to something later down the road. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it was really funny. I after it won, I kind of reflected on watching it at Sundance. I guess over. I guess two years or a year ago, a little over a year ago at this point. And it won the audience award and the grand jury prize. Um, and then it was immediately purchased by Apple. And I watched it kind of, and it's like re-released during like the awards circuit of Sundance. And I watched it and I was like, ah, oh, that was okay. <laughs> that was kind of nice. You know, don't hate it. Solid letterbox three out of five, you know, it's just kind of, a little too sentimental and mawkish for my taste, but you know, it kind of earns it sometimes. It's okay. Um, and then I figured, well, Apple bought it, so I probably don't have to think about that movie ever again. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> so it's it's pretty funny. I It will definitely go the way of something like, maybe not The Artist, because I think people don't really like The Artist as a movie. Like I think there's more love for Coda now than there was for The Artist mm. back in... 2012 whatever year that was Mm -hmm. so i think it will endure there were people i think people do like it and do kind of see it as a step forward for the deaf community and in film which i I do think does have merits to it um but yeah i think you're right like netflix with all these movies that they get nominated for they're really weird idiosyncratic movies that they overpaid really famous directors to make and kind of the way that they were made is they hey just kind of do whatever you want so you get kind of a weird movie like Mank or you get a four hour movie like The Irishman or you get something really personal and beautiful that like Roma but maybe and we love these movies we, we do yeah we I love I love yeah. every single one of these movies they're every single year they, they're like one of like some of my favorites um, but they're just you know like people didn't really like Power of the Dog I guess the people like not people with podcasts like us, I guess, I guess it's not a lot of people at this point, but anyway, (laughs) um, like, you know, just your, your general person out there, I think probably likes Coda a lot more than the power of the dog. And so, you know, I think it, it kind of scratches the same itch as green book did, you know, it doesn't have like the same gross, like racial stuff going on as green book did. So you kind of feel a little less bad about yourself for maybe liking it. 
Um, but you know, like a lot of the time the Academy goes for movies that they just make you feel good. It's, there's a long history of that. Just like feel good movies that are kind of fluffy that don't really amount to much years down the road and stuff that's kind of just like very obviously exciting or very um, accessible. Like I think Parasite was a really big deal for the Oscars, but that movie is very exciting in a traditional sense. Like anybody can watch that movie and yeah. be like, yeah. wow, this was just like thrilling. And even though there's so much more going on in it. So yeah, like it's just, they kind of go for the obvious in a lot of things. There's not, so that's kind of, that's kind of the way I see it. You know, I maybe that when I, I was really holding on to my power of the dog pick for best picture, but you know, it just kind of maybe I just got to look for stuff that makes the Academy feel good for my, for my predictions. Yeah. I mean, especially with the preferential ballot system that is new, that is, you know, a couple years new and absolutely. I think 10 years new now, I think that certainly changed, changed, has changed the game with, with best picture. I think, um, not every year. I mean, it's not like every year it's a, it's a fluff piece that does win Best Picture, but I do think with the preferential ballot, you have to consider, is this more auteur-driven, um, slower picture? Is it going to get a lot of people voting it at the top of its list? You know, And I think the way that does happen is you need to have you know star power. You need to have um, success, uh, either streaming or box office. And I don't know. It, it's tough to say, but... The preferential ballot is a does play a big part, and maybe Coda wasn't first on everyone's ballot, but it's probably not going to be tenth on a lot of people's ballots, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly it's certainly a huge factor that you have to consider when when thinking about best picture, um, and the power of the dog. Maybe just it, for a lot of people, maybe they just couldn't get into it. Maybe it was pretty low on some people's lists, and you know, for or some people, maybe they thought it was the best thing ever, and it's up on the top. So it's. The preferential ballot is is, is huge, um, and and certainly something that needs to be looked at a lot more whenever you predict best picture because it's the only other place that does it is the PGA Awards. That's the only place that does the preferential. So it's 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 interesting. And funny yeah, enough, Coda won PGA, right? Yeah, there's no like there's absolutely like Coda ended up being two or three on a great portion of the ballots. There's there's no doubt in my mind. So yeah, it's, I guess in one way that does end up like being the best summation of what the Academy likes in the end. And like, it does make sense, right? Cause it's kind of getting rid of, or it's kind of penalizing a movie where people are like passionately against it. So I guess in that sense, it kind of does create the, it does pick a winner that is ultimately like the most pleasing to everyone involved. It's kind of like a great compromise where it's everyone's just kind of like, yeah, I guess that works in the end. Right. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't my first, but you know, it was my fourth and whatever. There are six other movies I, d- I like less than it. So it's fine. So maybe I guess it makes sense, but yeah, you're right. Like I can't think of a single, like I think Sean Hader seems like a lovely person. She's probably going to have a nice little career. She's going to get a lot of money for her next project because she won multiple Oscars tonight. But I can't remember like a single shot that she composed in this movie. When you compare that to something like Jane Campion and Power of the Dog, which is every every shot feels so concise and like picked over. Where, um, yeah, it just doesn't have that same kind of auteur like thumbprint on it at all. So, um, yeah, I, it's, I wouldn't say Coda is kind of the best of anything. Uh, I also wouldn't say it's the worst of anything either, but so it's kind of interesting that it made it this far. But yeah, you know, that's I'm just a, 
I'm just a cranky little person over here. So it's okay. People like different things and that's fine. I'll move on. I luckily got, you know, on my ballot some points there after predicting code of her best picture. Finally, my very last predictions, I locked it in. But up until that 24th hour in the day, I was very much of the mind that three nominations can't get you best picture. I really didn't think it could, but it's clear that this was a movie that soared after the nominations had come out, not prior to, and people watched it. A lot of people watched it after the nominations came out, certainly, and it probably would have gotten nominated more if, if, if a lot more people had seen it prior to the nominations. But yeah, it felt like it was the oldest movie of the 10, but felt like the freshest for these voters because for a lot of them, I think they were discovering it post-nominations. Um, it's an interesting strategy. Uh, and and Apple, it's funny they bought this. They pre-bought this thing, right? As you said, Sundance. They didn't even. They didn't even. Yeah, the all-time. I think the all-time record winner from Sundance yeah. in terms yeah. of purchase. So, yeah, it is really funny to think about how the like the lack of nominations. It just is so clear that no one, like, not enough people watched it. <laughs> it's just really funny to think about people in the Academy being like, "Yeah, that's not going to be a big deal. I'll wait to watch that until later on." And then they're like, oh, shit, maybe I guess I got to watch this. So <laughs> that's kind of funny to think about in terms of thinking like Spielberg, I guess. Or maybe he, do they, do you get to vote if you, if you're nominated? How does yeah, that I work? think so. So I just imagine him like working on like a script rewrite for the fable, like for the Fableman's movie. And he's like, ah, oh, shit, I haven't watched Cody yet. All right, I guess I'll watch that. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And you know, it did, as we said, go three for three. I think one of the best moments of the night was um, Troy Kotzer's wonderful speech when he won Best Supporting Actor. Um, he's just such a class act and kind of a boss. Like, this guy is, is such a cool dude. And um, his speech for me was was the highlight of the night. Um, how, how were you feeling whenever he delivered that speech? It was, it was certainly very emotional. Yeah. Well, first, they brought out uh, Young John Yoon again. Um, Amazing. From Minari, which is... First of all, it just made me think of Minari and how much I love that movie. And that was nice. And then also she's just the best. She's got such like, she's so like expressive and she's apologizing because she's going to mispronounce a lot of white dudes names. And that was really funny to me. Um, so that was great. And then, yeah, Troy Carson is just, he's just great. He just seems like he's a really nice guy. Um, I thought like he's really, I think he's good in that movie. Really good father. Um, Diff probably not my favorite of the crew, but I don't. I also don't think the supporting actor category was particularly strong either. So, like J.K. Simmons, like what is he doing there <laughs> for being the Ricardos, right? So, like it's it's nice, and his speech was really great. It was really nice that Young Jun Yoon um, signed his name when she announced the award. So nice. Yeah. Um, it was just. It was just. It was one of the better non-slap moments of the night. It was just kind of the. It was one of the few times where I put down my glass of wine and I was like, "Oh, this was this was a cool thing that I got to watch live. This was sweet." So no, it was it was really nice, um, really good moment for sure. Uh, really happy about that. One thing I was disappointed in was the lack of surprises though throughout the night. I think, like more so even than recent years, because I think a lot of people kind of roast the Oscars and, and just other award shows for not being that surprising. But I do think the Oscars have thrown curveballs and big ones in the last few years. This year to me was pretty run-of-the-mill. The front runners are winning every single award. Even on my ballot, I was like, you know what? I don't think Dune's going to win everything. I'm going to I'm gonna give production design to Nightmare Alley. I'm going to give editing 
somewhere else. But Dune ended up winning those two. Um, so I think that also kind of made the night a bit of a drag, unless you're you know a big Dune person. But even if you are a big Dune person, these categories are kind of botched and spliced into the broadcast uh, because they've been cut from the live live show. Um, so yeah, for the most part, I, I I don't think there were too many big surprises, but. In a year where I think the nominees were pretty inspired, like with Drive My Car getting into Best Picture, um, The Worst Person in the World, and Screenplay, the winners were not that interesting. And especially, I think the biggest teller of this was the screenplay categories, both of them. Um, our winners, Coda and Belfast, for me at least, and then I think you as well, probably being the worst of their respective batches of nominations. Oh yeah, no question. <laughs> like kind of by a wide margin, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I guess I guess the Academy does like Kenneth Branagh. I do too. Like I don't know. He seems fine. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of kind of hilarious to see that win. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it really wasn't exciting my fiance who watched it with me um shout out to her for dealing with that for the entire night let me tell you <laughs> but i was just i were just every single category even the shorts i was like uh eh, it's probably gonna be that and then it won and then we moved on and i basically i think i got everything right except for best picture which is kind of hilarious wow i got 18 but like that's because i didn't go all the way with dune i was like yeah i would have got 20 21 um, but I got 18 because Dune. I, I, I should have been more should have been more sure about that movie sweeping. Yeah, it's just it would have been like when is Paul Thomas Anderson gonna get his Oscar? Is it is it gonna be for some movie that is like his seventh best movie 20 years from now? It's just I don't know. It would have been really cool to see. He would have probably made a kind of a weird speech too. So that would have been fun. <laughs> so, or I don't know, like Joaquin Trier for worst person in the world. I like, I don't know. Those didn't really that's, have chances. That, that's but, a superior, yeah. that's a superior nominee for me. And Belfast was kind of the obvious pick, but to see it win. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, don't look up. You could argue it was a worse screenplay than Belfast, but I think at least it's a little bit creative to an extent. No, it's probably worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, at least it didn't win, but I think it's clear that, you know, Belfast and Coda are not the more inspired picks, especially with, with Coda going up against Drive My Car, which is just such immaculate uh, Yeah, it's writing. like one of the best pieces of writing I've seen in a really long time, so it's kind of hilarious, but yeah, I guess we're, I'm happy that Drive My Car was even involved at all, so, except for when they tried to play off Hamaguchi like five different times during the speech, <laughs> which was not chill. But what can you uh, do? that was that was something else. Um, that was, I mean, he he. In all fairness, I guess he did kind of pause. Uh, but at the same time, who's going to give a 20, 15, 20 second speech? I think they should have yeah. known. Wait a second. Like it was kind of weird. It was almost like on accident. I imagine some intern was falling asleep and accidentally pressed the button or something, and I, it was just so weird because it didn't happen for any other person but yeah i don't know that was kind of lame yeah i'm uh i'm glad to give a nice little speech though and i'm happy happy that film won um also a nice little moment there when when best picture was being announced lady gaga and liza minnelli um bringing her out and uh yeah lady gaga is just such a nice person and i think the oscars should definitely consider bringing her on as a host next year i feel like she could do a lot of really cool things as a host um I think it'd be extravagant, and I think you 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 definitely have a lot of people talking about it in the lead up. 
Um, I don't know. I think I think that'd be a very interesting interesting host. But yeah, that was a great moment bringing her out and uh, bringing her out for Best Picture at the end there. Really heartwarming. Oh my god! If Lady Gaga was host, that would be the greatest thing ever. That would be so funny. There'd be so much cringe and so much kind of also just nice moments and also just so much hilarity. I would, oh my gosh. That needs they to happen. They have to. I think they should. <laughs> that needs to happen. Especially because she's kind of a, she's an icon with outfits. She could change them every, every sec. Like she, she, she'd probably end the night with 15 to 20 different outfits and they'd all be pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Maybe pair her with a comedian that can maybe kind of do your monologue. Yeah. Of jokes, you know, and then or Chris Rock, maybe Chris Rock and Will Smith next year. Why not? I heard about that. (laughs) Chris Rock and Will Smith. That's the therapy session uh, hosts next year. Um, That'd be hilarious. They probably bring them back for a bit next year, right? Like if everyone's okay with it. If Will Smith isn't reprimanded for anything, maybe. Because you know that it's going to be a bit whether they're involved or not. Like it just has to be. Oh yeah, you know? people are going to be people will bring it up years from now, and and actually, people someone will say, "Oh my god," like, there will be reference to it, one hundred percent. Every comedy club's going to have uh, someone talking about it to open up their segment. Mm. Um, they just come on stage and just start making out or something. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good. It's full circle. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, just something, something like that, but. We're a year away, thankfully. Let's not think about it too much Thank for at least a little bit. Can we not talk about the Oscars for a while <laughs> after this? Jesus Christ. Um, the Oscars did, however, see a big jump in ratings from last year. Um, like an over 60% jump from what was a little over 10 million to now a little over 16 million viewers uh, in the U.S. Um, big jump for them, for sure. Definitely down from, way down from many years ago and even five plus years ago, way down. Uh, I hope they don't take the wrong things away from why the ratings are up. I think it's you can uh, just chalk it down to very simply, no one watched movies in 2020. COVID-19 changed things across the board. And this year, ratings went up because people marginally watched more of these films than they did last year. And probably this year, people will start watching movies even more. We're seeing movies that you wouldn't think be box office hits in 2020 start to be better here in 2021. Looking at Dog and uh, The Lost City as two of those movies that probably last year wouldn't have done anything. And this year... Shout out Channing Tatum, by the way. Yeah, both movies. That, that's the magic. Um, so I think that's that's it. It's very simple. That's the, the most simplest thing I can say about why the ratings are up. Um, and... If you want Rainier Scope even more, put it on streaming. Very simple. Yeah, that and the Will Smith thing happened kind of with enough time left for people were like, probably text people said, yo, you gotta you gotta see this. And then it made the rounds on Twitter for, for when the speech eventually came around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like at this point, like I kind of said earlier, I don't really know how you radically change an award show. At the end of the day, it is celebrities just giving each other awards for art which is kind of hilarious but um like i feel like i mean especially since la la land and moonlight like the oscars is more prevalent for what they do wrong for what the, than what they do right you know like if every if everything goes smoothly tonight there's no will smith thing i i can't imagine there's a crazy change in the in the ratings like it's probably it's probably still higher than last year but not like maybe I saw a 13. chart, yeah, I did see a chart 
of um, how it was throughout the night. And it was higher than last year marginally throughout the night. It started much higher than last year, then teetered off throughout the night to nearing last year's levels. And then the Will Smith thing happened and it skyrocketed to where it peaked. <laughs> so it was higher than last year no matter what, but yeah, the Will Smith thing put it up, up over. Yeah, it's very simply put it on streaming and more people will watch it. Um, the video game awards on streaming get like 90 million viewers. Like that's... like yeah. if, if, if you do want to props the Oscars for one thing, it's that among TV broadcast award shows, there's no show that gets more eyeballs. If that if that matters, they're all yeah. going down together because TV is going down, and because less people are attached to award shows than they were many years ago. There's more things to do in life. Um, I still have a lot of fun with them every year, and I think a lot of people do clearly. Uh, but yeah, you you got to find other avenues to put the shows on uh, online or something like that, or or do something a little different. But at the same time, not much you can do as you said, and I'm, I'm pretty content with everything. Uh, just make a few changes next year. As they say every year, we'll make a few changes <laughs> and they'll make things better. But no, it's, it is what it is. I don't think you'll you'll change things too much. Um, I'll still watch next year. Yeah, well, here's an idea. You know, Disney runs this thing anyway. Just put it on streaming on Disney+. Plus. Say fuck it to ABC. Just put it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I'm sure more people would watch it, honestly. No, like you if might you be right. It, if, you, if you put it on the, on the main screen next to Encanto... <laughs> You know, it's people are like, all right, I guess I'll throw it on. That's the only two things. Watching Mo- they finished watching Moon Knight for the fifth time. And they're saying, yeah. okay, yeah. throw on the Oscars. Why not? Pretty much. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's that's pretty much it with the, with the 94th Academy Awards. Uh, definitely felt like the last. A <laughs> um, <laughs> little bit of a mess, but no, nah, they'll, they'll, they'll be back next year. Uh it, it was fun though going through the season uh, with you and, and with the team. Um, yeah, I mean, let's hope next year's a little bit uh, a little bit better. Give me your twenty twenty three best picture winner right now. Ready go. My twenty twenty three best picture winner. I think Damien Chazelle redeems and gets uh, the the picture win with Babylon, and Margot Robbie will win best actress. Oh, interesting. Anything you got? You got anything for me? Um, they give 25 Oscars to Killers of the Flower Moon. It wins Best Animated Film and Best <laughs> um, short, short Film. So 25, <laughs> it's more than the amount of categories, so it would need a couple of special achievements as well. Yeah. Apple, Apple lets Marnie make it 10 hours long. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, Jesse Plemons wins... DiCaprio wins. Everybody wins. De Niro wins as well. They both tie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, those those pesky kids at Apple do it again. Then they win. Yep. There you go. That's wonderful. Um, as always, though, uh, you can you can check out all of Moviello's content on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Um, but most importantly, obviously, themoviebabble.com. Uh, we'll be back uh, very soon talking all thing, all things movies and thank you for listening.